All right, we are live for another edition of our weekly Friday market update. Every Friday, I take a look at the most recent data on the MLS, along with any sort of headline articles that I find that may impact the local real estate market. If you have any uh, articles or any sorts of um, things that you find online and you want me to review it, I'm happy to do that. And I'm happy to cover it at my next uh, video. And that way you can get my personal thoughts of any sort of article that you may read, whether it's a positive sign or a negative sign. I'm happy to give you my thoughts as to what is happening for that. Uh, so feel free to send that out to me. My contact details will be below. However, before we begin, I'd love to just do a quick mention. You know, if you're tired of renting in the Bay Area or you're a homeowner looking to do a potential trade up for a bigger home or you're a real estate investor, I would love to connect. Uh, click on the Calendly link below and let's set up a time to talk. It's never too early to start up with a game plan. Without further ado, let's just jump right into it. So the very first thing that I want to cover this time is not related to uh, real estate per se, and is not related to the lending side either. It's actually related to Trump's recent uh, further restriction for foreign workers. And so this is not as material, at least right now, as one may have think may think, mainly because um, the people that are here are not being exported out. However, it does impact those that their visa status is about to expire this year. So it is material, and it also does uh, create doubt and concern when it comes to when it comes to those that are getting close to that renewal, especially if they want to make a long term investment like buying properties. So many of my clients, they are visa holders, and so they decided to wait. And so you have actually a good amount of buyers, even though buyer demand is at record levels, you still have a, a big portion of, of high income earners here that are just going to wait until that status or that that hope that site hopefully changes. So this definitely does impact at least the mindset of existing visa or immigrants uh, here in the Bay Area. And, but it's it's also a, a bigger concern moving forward is just the recruiting and, and having you know very talented and smart individuals from all around the world to come to America. So like H1B, I believe it's also the uh, L status. You know those are very talented individuals that come from all over the world to make a great living, not just here in the Bay Area, but it could be in Seattle, it could be in New York, uh, it could be several places in Texas. And so it's it's a longer trend impact, and a lot of it is political. So we will see what happens um, over the course of the year as to how this shapes up. And of, of course, the election period, uh, you know, if, if Joe Biden wins, then I think there's going to be a big change for this uh, process from an immigration perspective. But if you have any questions related to this, it's always best to contact your uh, local immigration attorney to kind of give you the different options. But for the most parts, uh, if you have if you have if you're a if you have a visa, uh, do not leave uh, the U.S. I mean, you're probably not going to leave the U.S. now, anyways, given the environment. And funny enough, most countries will probably not want you uh, over, given our COVID situation. But nevertheless, it's best to be safe to stay within the states. But if you are overseas, just be aware if you plan to come back. Unfortunately, it may be delayed uh, for this reason. So I, I suspect there will be some some impacts uh, longer term, but this is also a potential catalyst. Like, as I mentioned, the, the home buying demand is at record highs, but there's still a big portion that are home, uh, potential home buyers that are not in the market because of their immigration status. 
They have plenty of good income. They also have plenty of reserves. It's just their status is unknown. So they're not willing to make a long-term investment. So it is an interesting catalyst. So I look at it on, on both sides. On one end, it is not good. I mean, we there's so many immigrants and immigrants you know, have a wonderful work ethic and uh, bring in you know, their cultures over. So there's that one side that as this goes on, it's not good. On the other end, if this does change, there's a huge, not there's a, a not maybe a huge, but there's a, a large amount of potential new home buyers that would now enter in the market if they had that peace of mind uh, when it comes to their immigration uh, status. So something interesting, and this happened just recently as of Monday. Okay, let's go on to the next one. So mortgage rates uh, remain at all time lows. So nothing nothing special has changed here. I suspect we're going to probably hover around this level. I mean, we may continue to see some declines. And quite frankly, every bank is going to be different right now. So some banks are just not as competitive given their exposure to certain markets and how they view their risk uh, assessments, uh, but also how they want to factor in the refinance side of the business. So some banks are going to be more competitive than others. So this is somewhat of an average amount. I've seen some rates lower. I've seen some rates higher. It just really depends on which bank you use. So just be aware, uh, even though this is the average, it may not be what you might be able to get. So just something to be aware of. But mortgage rates still remain at, at record low figures. Now, purchase apps actually fell for the first time in 10 weeks. So the activity and refinance are still much higher than a year ago. So I look at this as the, we'll see over the next few weeks what this actually means. Uh, in greater detail, because there was a huge spike over the weeks. And so now if we had a decline relative to the previous weeks, it may, not, it may be because a lot of the people had already rushed out and done it. However, from a year over year perspective, given the what has happened this year versus if you think about what happened last year, which is a fairly normal year, if you think about it, uh, applications and activity are still much higher than the previous year. So I would be interested in seeing this figure over the weeks because it has a 10-week run-up. So it'll be interesting to see, well, is it going to slow down in terms of new applications uh, or what will happen moving forward or if it will continue to decline? So it'll be interesting to see this figure, but it's uh, at this time after uh, an incredible 10-week run-up, especially over the last two weeks, which was a huge skyrocket up, maybe we'll see some applications slow down. Now, this was the interesting part. I actually had a data pool uh, from Monday uh, that actually showed the mortgage for parents rates had declined over the over the last three weeks, as you can see. But because I just saw this come out today, this morning, as I was getting prepared for this session, I decided to put the latest so that you guys have it. So it's very interesting to see that mortgage forbearances are actually rising after a uh, three-week decline. So over the last several weeks, the economy was opening up again. People were getting more confident, uh, and the the rates were were declining. However, uh, now it actually has increased. So, a couple of things because of our local Bay Area market that I want people to be aware of is so. Number one, for the for those that are in forbearance, it will be interesting to see actually what will happen over the next two or three weeks. And the reason why I say that is because. Right now, even those that want to get out of forbearance, it's actually quite hard to get out for most banks because many banks, such as like Wells Fargo, they don't, even if you're ready to pay like over the last few months, they wouldn't even want you to pay. That's like, that's for whatever reason, how they wanted to set it up. 
they basically say after end of June, your next payment will start. So even if you were in forbearance and you want, you had the ability to pay, you didn't even have an option to pay. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens after end of June. So hopefully by next week, we'll be able to see some results, but maybe about two weeks because then you'll see, okay, well, is it keep, is it going to keep rising or will it have a big decline because now people could get out of it uh, at that point. So that's the interesting part. The other thing I'll bring because of the Bay area market is, is understanding like what is the percent of these types of loans. And so you can see them, uh, the larger majority of the forbearance shares are FHA loans, which are generally like a 3% down programs. There is a cap of how high you can buy, which is about like seven mid 700s in terms of price points. And then you could also see VA loans was, was up by a higher amount. So these two combined was about 21, 22%. So a majority are these types of loans and VA loan, I believe is like 0% down. So these people, quite frankly, have very little skin in the game uh, relative to putting money down. And so I suspect those markets that have more of those types of buyers, given their price points, would be more affected than others. So just something to be aware of when it comes to breaking down, like, where is this? Is it like jumbo loans? Is it, would it impact Bay Area more than other markets? Looking at this, a majority are the ones that have very little a percent down. Now, the other uh, concern when it comes to the little percent down is when I talked about from a previous video, most of the people in forbearance actually have uh, their equity is only one out of 10 has less than 10% equity in their home, which is a very small amount. But given these people, if they bought a home recently, like a VA would maybe have potentially 0% or zero equity in their house if they bought recently. Uh, an FHA would have you know 3% if they bought very recently. So those would be very susceptible to challenges and issues um, because they have way less skin in the game to walk away if something really does uh, go bad and they can't afford payments. So I'm going to be aware of that. Now, that percent is extremely low because this does not say, hey, look, these are VA loans or FHA loans over the last year. I mean, it could be over the last 10 years. And over the last 10 years, equity is extremely high. So something to be aware of, but this is an interesting figure, but I would keep an eye out on this over the next at least one week, but if not two weeks in two weeks, if the rate, if the, if it continues to rise, then you'll have, I would have a very different view of, of what's happening. But like I said, it goes back to the local area and, and who it affects, but something to be of note of interest. So the luxury market is bouncing back and it's, it's interesting because uh, the luxury market of how they determine it is is anything above a million. And so here in the Bay Area, that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's fairly common that most houses are over a million dollars. So a lot of houses here are, are considered luxury from that uh, standard, but it makes sense, right? If you think about the effect of COVID and the shelter, it was a unequal uh, effect, right? It, it hurt the, the retail space. It hurt small, medium-sized businesses a lot, but white collar, especially engineers, data scientists, you know, people in sales and marketing operations for companies that are in tech, it wasn't nearly as impacted as some of these other industries. But at the same time, those kind of industries like white collar jobs are the ones that typically have a higher uh, income. So it is somewhat skewed. So it's not a surprise to see this. And if you've been watching my videos over the last several uh, weeks, if not months, you had easily seen this information uh, at that time. 
So many of you guys know, and I'm actually gonna pull up a chart this time so you can actually visually see for yourself, like where are we at relative to over the last several years, over the last three years. So you'll be able to see how it is, but in general, the entire, as a general US home market, uh, prices went up 5% in April, despite uh, the pandemic. And actually interesting enough, a lot of the, I would say more expensive areas tend to, tend to do well. So in this case, Colorado, Seattle has done well. Um, I mean, New York hasn't done well, so that's the one caveat, but the Bay Area has also done well. And we'll go over and I'll show you how are we trending year over year, because in the past I've been showing how we were trending over the, over the last 12 months. So we'll see that momentarily. Um, sales of new houses spike in May on low rates. Uh, so this is actually more related to uh, new construction homes. So new homes. And so this is actually happening quite a bit. So I have several clients that I just helped uh, get in contract this week. So congratulations to those buyers. And those are new homes. Most of the new homes have always been in less uh, dense areas, given there is more land for them to develop. So even though they could be a condo, they could be a townhome, they could be a single family. Majority in the Bay Area are going to be more condo townhome styles, given uh, the price point, but also given how they can efficiently use the land space and also because of the demand of that particular space. But it's, uh, it's, it is interesting to see. Now, some people are expecting or hoping that new construction prices may drop. Here is kind of how it works, just so you know, when it comes to new construction, they're going to have a list price and that will they'll market at that. And depending on the floor plan and the unit, they may or may not be interested in in lowering the price or obtaining offers. So if you uh, if they are selling like crazy, so I had one that just selling like crazy, they don't even want to even discuss any sort of possibility of going lower because they don't need to. They're selling fast enough. So there's different areas that are like that. There are other areas that inventory may be already ready to move in. Um, they may be uh, they may have had it for a while. It may be a bigger builder. So sometimes they may have other uh, areas that may be affected. So they're trying to, it's an overall portfolio. So for those, they may have a list price, but then you can work with myself as a realtor and my goal is to try to get that as low as possible and negotiate for you. So I had one recently, it was a new construction and, uh, I was actually surprised of how, how low we were able to get it, but we were able to get it way lower than I would have actually personally thought. Right. So some will have that opportunity and then, so it's called, they're, they're basically, uh, they're basically willing to accept offers. That's what that means, even though that price is still publicly at a number. After those two levels, if they're not getting offers and the inventory is still sitting, then that's when they would reduce price because that's a new baseline uh, for, that's the new baseline to either sell it at or to then maybe even negotiate lower of. So as you can see from the levels, they will take that third level at the very last um, stage if they really can't move inventory. And so that's, that's how it works. And then it keeps going down like that, or unless the market goes up, then they, they may be able to even rise it, but they, it's not likely too many times that they're rising it. The only times they would rise it if it's in different phases. So for example, one of the ones we just bought in Sohei, uh, which is in Hayward and a lot of areas are like this, like Nuevos, like this as well in Santa Clara, they have many phases and some of them are like four or five year projects. So it's a little bit different for those because the future phases actually will be more expensive and they're more expensive for different reasons. It could be a combination of they, they saw how fast demand was, so they know what they can, they, they can raise the price on one. 
Number two, because of the people that are moving in early, they're they are um, they are like in a sense kind of the early. I mean, they, they got in early, so there's some, some infrastructure that's not set up yet. A lot of the longer term plays of these are like commercial space, retail space. It could be like a giant park. So you have a lot of amenities that are not set up yet. So you're basically buying ahead of those amenities being built. And then over the years, those will get added. But in the meantime, you have the benefit of going early and then you have the benefit of buying the home at a cheaper price, right? So those are those are some of the things when it comes to new construction as, as why prices tend to go up over time, not just because of the market, but also because of the risk uh, from a builder, but also the risk of the buyer going in at an earlier stage. So there's something to be aware of. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a look at the data. Um, but before we do that, if you like this video, uh, be sure to hit that like button. Also, be sure to subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube and hit that little bell. That little bell allows this notification of any of my new videos. It'll come up and then it'll, be, it'll show up on your feed. And so as you may notice, I do about three videos a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so be sure to hit that subscribe, uh, hit that little bell and share it with your friends. I hope this is very valuable for a lot of people. Uh, I've got several different calls from a lot of people uh, that I've never met before. So I appreciate you guys tuning in and I'm glad this is of value. Hey, so this is San Mateo Residential. So every week I basically pull the numbers from Friday to uh, Thursday so that we can, so you can see what is happening from on a week by week basis. I also just left what the figures were from a pre uh, shelter in place. So you can kind of have a baseline so that you would know yourself of what's, uh, you know, what's, what's normal, what's not normal. Uh, uh, relative speaking. So uh, keep in mind, before the shelter in place, we had a really competitive market. It was red hot. And I'll show you from a graph and a chart perspective of where things were and, and where things are at now. Uh, but inventory has always been low in the Bay Area. So even though we have these numbers of 180, 152, they're still very low relative to how much we would need. And as you can see, this uh, last week, we actually had a pretty big pickup. So that is actually a quite a big change that wasn't in place and this is San Mateo County that was that hasn't happened, as you can see, over the last several weeks. You see some list prices decrease, and I'll show you from a chart perspective why that's happening. Some transactions are falling through. It's nothing too uh, crazy, so there's not many uh, reasons for that. Maybe just a change of heart. Maybe some properties are going uh, contingent for various reasons. So um, it's not it's nothing too alarming at this point. The total contingent and pending, we've hit a, a high over the last several months. Right now, we're still at levels that are higher, that's going pending contingent than that's hitting the market. So this is a, a pretty big imbalance still today in terms of the velocity and the speed. And the listing canceled, not much there, nothing really interesting to report on. This time around, what I did was I actually broke down the figures from uh residential single family and also residential condos townhomes. So you can actually see the result for yourself. You can see May was an incredible month. We actually hit record highs, actually all time record highs, not just record highs over the last 12 months. You can see the general charts and the trends of how things have reacted over the 12 months. So May was intense. And then June initially started off with that, but now it has dropped back down. So there is uh, it could be now we're actually experiencing more of a seasonality, maybe the, the thing that's happening. We're also just seeing some uh, prices that are dropping from their all-time highs in May. So it will be interesting to see what happens over the summer months. Because I personally, because I make offers every week, 
I see some houses that are selling for way more than they should, and that will be reflected likely, likely in the July figures, given it takes about 30 days to close. So I've seen some of those that are just like it didn't make it just was way higher than I thought. And then I've seen some that are fine, like there's nothing wrong with it. So at about fair market value or maybe slightly below. But as you can see from a relative perspective over the 12 months, we're still at um, I mean, we're at I mean, this is the second uh, the, the second highest of the 12 months, but it is lower than May. So for those that are uh uh, you know, th those that are buying, you have a little bit more relief uh, than before because May was just crazy and intense, especially given just how much it has increased. And you can also uh, see if you're a seller, it's hard to argue a better time um, to sell, right? Inventory is still low. It's still best to sell right now. If your time horizon, if you're trying, if you're thinking about selling within the next six months, it's hard to argue a better time than right now. Now, condos and townhomes, interesting enough, May was not a record period for them. They actually had a, a stronger period in the past, but we're still continuing to see increases, right? So the trends are a little bit different, uh, as you can see through this chart between single family and San Mateo County uh, versus condos and townhomes. Now, what I did as well is I extracted uh, the data as to what prices sold for over the last three years, because I get the question or I wanted to also share, hey, look, well, that's great that we're at all-time record highs in the last 12 months, but what does that mean relative to year over year? And here is a chart of uh, single family condos, townhomes, all mixed together in San Mateo County. You can see at this time, we are at record highs. So whatever you may have thought of, okay, well, 2018 was the highest and my value of the house is not as high as 2018. It really depends on the property, but you can see on average, it is higher than we are at. So we are at record all time record highs. So something just to be aware of when it comes to looking at this. So that is San Mateo County. Let's take a look at Santa Clara County. The numbers are a little bit different. You can see uh, Santa Clara County, the new listings are are have have been rising, which is great for, for buyers. It gives them more options. You can see it's still lower than what it was pre-shelter. List price decreases has declined over the weeks, which is a, a different than the trend and the activity of San Mateo County. Transactions fell through. Like I said, it's somewhat similar, nothing too crazy to see here. But you notice that the number of contingent pending in Santa Clara County is very, is very high. I mean, you see these numbers. These are higher than it was pre-shelter, like way higher, like even over the last several weeks. And yet it's still higher than the amount of new listings coming in. So what does that mean? It means a combination of things because the price point is lower relative to uh, like San Mateo County, which is some, the highest price points in all of the Bay Area. There is more options for them. Uh, and also you generally get more space. The properties in Santa Clara County tend to be a little bit newer than those in San Mateo County. So it's just something to be aware of and interesting to see. Now, for what, what happens with a price perspective. So as you can see from a price perspective, this is for single family houses, has actually continued to increase. So it's not like San Mateo County. The, the price range for a, a single family is about 1.65 these days. You can still, even in June, it's still a, a steady increase than it was before. So that's uh, what's happening in Santa Clara County. And for condos and townhomes, it's actually been relatively flat through the year which is kind of good for buyers because it, and, and it's good for sellers because it's, when you look at comps, it doesn't have as much of a wide fluctuation. 
So if you if you look at properties that have sold, you know, over the last six months, and it's about you know what it is, you can say maybe over the last six months have been it's it's been a little bit higher. It just makes it a lot easier to determine what the fair market value of a Santa Clara County condo and townhome would ultimately go for. And as you can see, the average is it's a little under nine hundred thousand for a condo and townhome in Santa Clara County. Now the charts and, and the trends are a little bit different. In Santa Clara County, they actually had the highest time. Um, similar time as before, but I was actually closer to the earlier parts of 2018, but now we're pretty much close to that level, if not at that level right now. So back to like the same as San Mateo County, we're either in this case approaching all time highs or we're very close to it. So it's just something to be aware of. And, you know, there has been dips throughout. So for those that have thought, Hey, look, the market just keeps going up and up and up indefinitely. You had many times to buy in different dips. And so, you know, if you were to shoot yourself in the foot there, then it's, it's, you know, it's your call, but uh, it's just something to be aware of that there had been dips, but now we're approaching um, all time highs again. If not, we've already surpassed that. So that's Santa Clara County in a nutshell. And then last but not least, let's look at San Francisco properties. So San Francisco, interesting enough, uh, week over week, uh, this is almost concludes the, the all of June now. The median price for single family houses are actually at at very high levels, uh, at least at the very least for the last twelve months. Uh, they've been they're at one point eight nine million dollars for single family. You can see the volume of transactions has slowed down uh, tremendously uh, versus what it was last year, um, but you can see it's a big increase over what it was last year. Um, so something to be aware of now from, from over the last several months, it's actually about on track, if not a little bit lower than the previous months, condos, similar thing over the, it's going to be, it's, it's a little bit better than what it was over the last month and certainly getting close to what it was in April, but it's significantly lower than it was, uh, every month before, but you can see the price wise is still actually higher than it was a year ago. So something to be aware of. It's it's important to understand. So it's important to understand the difference between the rental market being affected and uh, home prices being affected because the rental market is actually being affected for various reasons. It's one people are moving either out of the area altogether. They're either moving back in with their parents uh, or they are moving to a cheaper rental area, right? Uh, however, many of those rentals are figures for like one bedroom apartments, two bedroom apartments. And think about those. Those are apartment complexes. So those are lar uh, owned by large entities, which is very different than let's say you are renting a condo, which has, let's say one, two, three bedrooms, or if you're renting a single family house, you know, many of my clients that are renting single family houses are doing very well still. It's actually really easy to rent that, those out because a lot of people have decided to move or use that same budget for for apartment into a bigger home. The other aspect is the rental, the numbers are not as good because they're also leveraging these record low rates. So at the same time, they are buying instead because they're asking themselves, why spend $3,300 a month in a one bedroom place in San Francisco or, or $4,500 a month for a two bedroom when you can literally buy a house for 800 to a million dollars with that same exact uh, monthly expense. So there is that aspect that has affected the rental market altogether. So it's not all because of people leaving is they're actually um, even becoming buyers. So that's something to be aware of when we're looking at the San Francisco figures and the data when it comes to that. 
The, the thing that I'll uh, add here is I also did extract the single family, just the days on market, how fast properties are selling. You can see single family has been selling still pretty quickly as in their days on market. So it's on the market for less than 30 days. 72% is still selling and they're selling for about 5% over list price. So things are still moving fairly quickly for single families. But as I had discussed, and, and I'll bring up again for condos and townhomes, mostly condos in San Francisco, that it's, it is a lot slower, right? And it goes by the volume, but also goes by there's the number of listings. So you can see uh, still a good 56% that's selling within under 30 days. And they're selling for about one or 2% above the list price. But it's a lot slower, as you can see, relative to single family. So that's been the market for, for San Francisco for a while um, in terms of their condos. They're still selling. The prices seem to actually uh, be higher than before. But there is more options to choose from. But there is less of a willingness for people to go that much lower. So don't expect too much of a discount. But you can get some discounts, right? So you can see things that are over 30 days. They're still moving, you know, 30, 30 to 60 days. 30% are moving and they're selling for about 30% less, which is not bad. That's about what uh, it was last year. So if you're able to find a property, don't think it's something wrong with it. It is slower in that market. So it's something to be uh, just to be aware of. So that would go ahead and wrap up our uh, latest edition of our market update. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you found this valuable, please share it with your friends. Of course, if you have any questions or if there's an article that you want me to review for any for my future episodes, just send me a direct message. I'm, I don't have to answer it at that point, or you can send it into, uh, you can leave it in my YouTube link. Uh, if, and other than that, uh, please do be remember to please remember to subscribe and hit that little bell that that is at the end or that is next to the subscribe button. And I will see you at the next one.